Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Five-minute break. You actually got five minutes this week, so there's that for those that have been keeping track. Uh, also, if you're keeping track, my name is Andrew. Uh, I am one of the uh, junior high small group guys here, um, and uh, I'm going to share some stuff with you this week, and I want to ask a question right out of the gate. And I want you to be honest with me. Raise your hand if anyone here has ever been lost. Like, lost. Yeah, yeah. Don't be, don't be ashamed. All right, we all have been <laughs> technically lost, but like if you've been lost, like, all right. When you're, when you're lost, it's a really hopeless feeling, isn't it? And sometimes it's actually like terrifying. I don't know if you're you're like me, but like when you get lost, it's the kind of thing where like before you know it, your heart is just like beating really fast because you realize like, all right, I'm lost. Like where's where's everybody at? Where's my people at here? Um, you kind of lose your ability to reason too, don't you? Like your first initial instinct is almost like to panic, and like your your heart's beating faster. Like you might even start like sweating a little bit. I, I sweat for everything. So when I get lost, like I definitely sweat. Um, but everything kind of like speeds up internally and your mind starts to wander. All right. I can remember a time that I was with a group on a ski trip and we lost somebody. All right. It was a big deal. Like fourth grade ski trip, Dana Street Elementary was like kind of a big thing. Um, you looked forward to this. Like when you started to become like a second grader, you would hear about like, oh, fourth grade ski trip is like almost, we're almost able to do it. And then when you're able to do it, it's kind of a big deal. It's like your big time field trip. You, do you guys still do field trips? Field trips, I feel like they're kind of lost on everybody. Uh, but so what happened is we lost this, this one kid. All right. And for the sake of this story, let's call him Michael. All right. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. His name was actually Michael. Um, so for the sake of the story and for real life, um, we're calling him Michael. All right. Um, so everybody really started to get like panic stricken and running around trying to find this kid. All right. Um, we were like, got to the point where it was like cutoff time. Like we had to, they always tell you like, if you're not at the bus by eight 15, we're leaving without you. And like, you know, like they're not going to leave me here. Like they would get like arrested for that. Right. That's like child endangerment. Right. So anyway, we got on the buses and like, it was like this whole thing, like, man, we really going to leave Michael here. Like, we can't just leave this dude here. And we started to notice like the level of panic among the chaperones and some of the students was real. But at the same time we noticed, and I'm going to use this term. All right. There's this one cat out there on the slopes. All right. And he's not a really a cat. That's what I call like people like this cat. All right. So, there's this one cat out there on the slopes all by himself. Yeah, he was, he was probably a cool cat because it was cold. Um, but anyway, we see this kid going up the ski slope by himself and coming down the hill by himself. And we start to think like, what if that's him? Like what if like we're all panicking because he's lost and he's just chilling and like hitting the intermediate slope over and over again, doesn't even care. It turned out that it was him. 
the rest of the group was going nuts, all right? But this kid was chilling and just doing his thing. He didn't even care. Like, he went through that bunny slope, like, training course that they make you do at the beginning when you never skied before, and he excelled at it. So he said, I'm going intermediate, and no one can stop me. Literally, no one could stop me because you're all going to get on the buses and I'm going to keep going. So we found them and like they brought them in and like they were trying to like, you know, be all serious about it and stuff. But like everybody was so, it was so humorous because like he didn't care. He didn't panic. He wasn't worried that thinking about the fact that like everybody's gone. He was just having so much fun. He was just doing his thing. <clears throat> all right. So just like the kid who's skiing here, just like Michael, there's two different feelings that we can get. Uh, associate ourselves with when we get separated, all right? You can either care or you don't. That's really what it boils down to. Um, now, some people can feel quite anxious. Some people can almost feel like crippled by it, while others just don't even care in the slightest. They're just doing their own thing. They're kind of wandering around doing what they want to do. Uh, in the church, there's this really major issue that we face that actually divides us from God. It's called sin. And honestly, like, it's not the most fun thing to talk about. I think it's kind of funny that Pastor Chris went away this week and was like, hey, if you want to, like, you could be the guy that talks about sin. And here I am now talking about sin. Yeah. So it's not that fun to talk about, honestly, but <clears throat> it's really important. It's really super important to understand. And we tend to attach uh, a stigma to the sin in the church. That it's like this like really like dark, like we saw those storm clouds that were coming over the hill before. It's like this dark cloud that's going to come over us and like it's evil and we have to flee from it. And it's like the second coming of the Rona and like we just have to panic, right? But the reality is, is that our sin divides us from God. That's going to be our main point tonight. So if you don't learn anything else, remember that, that our sin divides us from God, okay? That way, next week, when Pastor Chris is talking to you and he's like, hey, how'd it go? He'll know that you learned something and it wasn't just me up here being handsome, all right? So Isaiah 59.2 says that it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. All right, so as I said before, the big takeaway from tonight, if you only remember the one thing, is this. It's that our sin divides us from God, all right? That's the second symbol on the Alive and Five symbols up here. Uh, we've been doing the Alive and Five here now for the second week. Uh, if you've been here for some time and you've been through this process before, you kind of understand, know what the Alive and Five is about. Um, but the one thing that I love about this is that it shows us just how easy that it could be to share our faith with others, whether it's our family, our friends, people around us. Um, have you ever kind of been put on the spot and asked, like, why do you believe in God? Or what does it mean to be a Christian? And like, it gets real, like, super intense for a second because you're trying to think like, oh my gosh, what do I say? Like, what if I say the wrong thing? The thing that I love about these symbols is that even for me, as somebody who's a little bit older, it's been really good to help me remember and trigger my memory on how to share the gospel story. And as we kind of walk through these the next couple weeks, you're gonna understand how that kind of unfolds here. But right now we're focusing on that second symbol for tonight. So I would try and challenge you to remember some of these key talking points over the next couple weeks and what they mean for each symbol and use them 
to share your faith with other people. All right, so what is sin? All right, the original understanding of sin was missing the mark. All right, um, and the root words that translate from sin here are hata and hamartia. I think I just went too far, yeah. I don't know, either that or we're both doing it at the same time. So, and they can sometimes be understood to mean literally missing the mark. So think about it like this, like an archer, right? The Olympics are coming. Anybody excited about the Olympics? Anybody? Nobody's excited about the Olympics. Awesome. Two of you are faking it, that's cool. All right, so think about archers or like a shooter aiming for a target, specifically aiming for the center of the target, right? Like, you don't want to be that person that's like, I'm just satisfied with getting it in one of these circles. Like, that's lame. Like, you want to hit the middle of the target, right? All right? Um, if they miss the mark, obviously there's something along the way that they did wrong, right? So it might have been the way they lined themselves up with the bow. Uh, it might have been the way that they freaked out when it was about to be released or something, or when they screeched when they were going to shoot it, you know? Um, you can miss the mark that way. What this boils down to here is that God hates our sin because it hurts us. Okay, God is for us, and he doesn't want to see us hurt. All right, so God, God hates sin because it hurts us, all right? It's not necessarily because he expects perfection out of us. It's because it's causing hurt and pain in our lives, and he doesn't want to see that. Romans 3.10 says, As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. All right? Um, so what we're doing here is we're shooting for progress, okay? When we're trying to talk about sin and getting away from sin and not living in sin, we're looking for progress. We're not looking to instantly be able to snap our fingers and be perfect, right? Because it's really not attainable that way. What we want is to make progress along the way. Because as the scripture says, no one is righteous. Now there's different kinds of sin too. So sin could be actions as well as thoughts. And you could miss the mark by, you know, doing things that God asks us not to do. Right? We've all heard the 10 commandments, right? Um, it's easy. There's 10 of them. It's hard to follow them all. Like you would think like, oh, there's only 10, but like being a human is hard because like we're not always the smartest. So sometimes we miss the mark and we, we mess up when it's time to obey things like that. Um, so God, we mess up when we don't do the things that God asks us to do. And you could also miss the mark with the way that we think. Okay? So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22 and 27 through 28, I'm going to have to peek around the corner. Sorry, I deleted this by accident. It says, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. That, I mean, that sounds fair, right? Like, you murder somebody, you're going to be judged. Like, but I say, if, you're even, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. That, do, that doesn't sound so fair, right? Like, you get angry with people all the time. If you call someone an idiot, uh-oh, if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. All right, so you can see that sin can be actions and thoughts, right? Um, there's a lot of different things at work here. 
And as we discussed, God hates our sin because it hurts us. God hates sin because it hurts us and separates us from him. All right? Some people think that God hates sin and hates us because he's like some grumpy, mean dictator that is just mad. Like, I made these rules and you broke them. That's not necessarily true. Okay? The scripture tells us a totally different story. Um, we heard last week from Pastor Chris that God is love and he loves us unconditionally. He hates our sin, though, because it hurts us. Our sin could, in a roundabout way, hurt God, but he's not necessarily super concerned about that because he's God. He can handle it. It hurts us. It's harder for him to handle it when we're hurting ourselves, right? He also hates us because, hates our sin, sorry, because it separates us from him. He does not hate us, sorry. He hates sin because it separates us from him and God is our creator. He wants to be with us just like loving parents want to be with their children. Um, there are so many times throughout my life where like my parents or an adult or like a coach has told me, you really shouldn't do this. You can't do this because, and gives you reason X, Y, Z. Like, do you love it when an adult or like a parent like or a grandparent or somebody tells you like, no, you can't do that. And like, you really just want to do it, but you know that they know better, right? So like, it's part of it is just like kind of swallowing your pride here. So we've heard these things before, like you don't play with fire. Don't climb up to the top of a telephone pole. Nobody else heard that one? Okay, maybe just me. Maybe because I tried it once. All right? Uh, but we hear these things all the time. Like, I, I used to get told all the time, all right, we're going to get deep here. I used to get told all the time, like, when I was going out as a kid, and this might be foreign to some of you, but, like, we used to get up in the morning and, like, just slam a bowl of, like, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries because you're doing it wrong if you don't have the Crunch Berries. And then like you raced out the door as fast as you can and you'd meet up with your friends and like you didn't want to be the last person there because you knew you were going to get picked on all day for like, oh yeah, your mom probably made you brush your teeth, loser. Like you wouldn't want to be the last person there, but you met up and you're on your bikes, but you always got this one thing from your parents on the way out. Stay away from hobo jungle. What? Yes, you heard me right. Stay away from hobo jungle. All right, so we had this place called Hobo Jungle. And I don't know where it got the name from, but it had the name. And it was right over the train tracks between Forty Fort and Swarsville. Forty Fort, the greatest town ever invented. No questions asked about that, all right? Um, we won the over the tracks trophy a lot, no big deal. But anyway, right over the train tracks, there was like this little wooded area, and we built all these bike jumps in there. And this is how dumb we were. Like, we thought like, oh, we're making these insane bike jumps in here, and it's okay because we have all these old like mattress springs in here. Well, all the old mattress springs were like super rusty and had like coils and stuff poking up everywhere. So like if we fell off the bike, like we were going to get stabbed, probably die, and like have no way to get out of there. And we would always be told by everybody's parents, do not go to Hobo Jungle. Well, what do you know? we would go to Hobo Jungle. 
and we would jump our bikes there all the time. And we thought we were untouchable because no one got hurt until one day someone got hurt. And their bike seat flew off in the middle of a jump and there was just a post left where the bike seat was. And when the person came down on that post, it was a bad time. It was not me. Okay? Um, when that guy came down on that bike post, it was a bad time. And then we all had to suck it up and go back to the parents and admit that we were where we shouldn't have be. Because they knew what was best for us, what was dangerous, but we thought that we knew better. That's kind of how sin works sometimes. We think we know better, right? We think that we understand ourselves enough. We think we, it's almost silly when you think about it. The God who created us, we think sometimes that we know what's better for us than he does. Just think about how silly that is. So all of this information is really useful, but it's not exactly practical. So let's move on learning from about sin and learning how do we deal with it. All right. So there was a, a guy named Paul. He was an apostle. He wrote to his friend Timothy about how to deal with sin and gave some really, really good advice. He said, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. That's in 2 Timothy 2.22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Okay, Don't just resist being tempted, is what he's saying here. Get yourself away from it. Remove yourself away from those things that tempt you. He says, instead, pursue righteous living. So don't just get rid of the bad and think like, oh, this is good. I pushed something out of my life that's bad. What's going to happen if you don't replace it with something good? Most likely something bad is going to kind of fill that void again. So you have to get rid of the bad, but replace it with something good in its place. This is one that I really enjoy more and more now as I'm getting a little bit more mature in age. Uh, try not to say the O word. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord. So don't do this alone. This Christian life, we're not called to do it alone. We have to surround ourselves with the right people. Surround ourselves with the church, with the body of Christ. Even after we've sinned, God has provided a plan of action for us to eliminate the division that sin puts between us and God. Proverbs 28.13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they'll receive mercy. So hiding our sin is always going to lead to a, a bigger consequence. How many of you, you, you don't have to give me stories, but just raise your hand if you've ever been told by a parent, a parent figure, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, that they've ever said to you, if you lie to me, it's only going to get worse because I'm going to find out. If you ever heard something similar to that, you tell a lie, it's only going to get worse because you're going to keep, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a biblical concept that, when we hide our sin, it's always going to lead to a greater consequence. However, we have access to God's mercy when we confess our sins and repent of our sins. Okay? It's, it's really 
um, as simple as that sounds too. All right, sin is serious. It's not something that you know we can ignore. We can brush aside. It's not fun to talk about either, but we, we can't just take it lightly. We have to address it. Uh, it has the power to put a division between us and the creator of the universe. So it has some really serious power. Um, I've, I've known people that have allowed things that have put division between them and God completely remove God from their life. It has really serious power. Missing the mark that God has for our lives is something that everyone experiences at some point. All right? Not everybody is doing this thing 100. All right? It's just not possible. That's how the Christian life is. You're not going to get perfect, have achieve perfection. All right? But it doesn't mean that we can't write it off as being acceptable. There's things that we can do to work against sin and to be forgiven for our sin so that we're reconnected with God. We're not looking for perfection, as we said earlier, because all of us is, are always going to deal with sin. It's always going to be around as long as we're here on this earth. But as long as we are uh, uh, trying to achieve progress along the way, we're doing it right. I can't get rid of sin from my life entirely, but I can get closer to hitting the mark yesterday than I did today. Sometimes the hardest part is actually humbling ourselves enough to admit that we've missed the mark. All right? I mean, I, I know for me, you know, looking back at my life, there have been so many times that um, you don't want to admit when you miss the mark. You don't want to admit when you fall short of something. Um, and because it's kind of like a humbling experience. You ever heard the expression humble pie? You don't want to eat the humble pie. Uh, you know, we worry about what it's going to look like to those around us too, right? You know, if I admit that I had, you know, struggled with something or I did something I shouldn't have, what are my friends going to think? What are my parents going to think? What are my family going to think? What's the teacher, coach, everybody? What, what are they going to think about me? The reality of the situation is that all we have to do is ask to be forgiven. And the Bible says that God will do it. It's as simple as that. We admit where we missed the mark. We repent of it and take action to do better the next time. And God will forgive us of it. We don't need to put on a huge display or feel like, you know, we're being exposed or, you know, have these giant public displays. Like back in the day, like they used to tear their clothes to show like, signs of like distress and like shortcomings and things like that. I'm not saying we have to go out there and like tear our clothes, all right? Please don't tear your clothes. When we ask to be forgiven and we truly and honestly repent from our sins, God is faithful and forgives us of our sins. And he's not a God who holds it above our heads. God's never going to say to us, hey, remember like you're asking me to do something in your life, but you remember six months ago when like, I had to forgive you for this? That's not how it works. God forgets it. It's gone. It's amazing. It's one of the, the most amazing qualities uh, that I find about God is that he moves on. The slate is clean. Our sin divides us from God. That's the key point to remember tonight. Um, that's what we want to focus on. But the as much as this has not been necessarily a super fun topic, the news gets better. I can promise you that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being able to have discussions about the stuff that's not always uh, fun to talk about, not always easy to talk about. Uh, but Lord, 
it's very serious. It could hold power in our lives and we, we need to address it, Lord. And we just pray that you would help us to not shy away from it, but to admit when we miss the mark, Lord. And help us to not get frustrated about the fact that we've missed the mark and, and focus on the fact that we just can't do it. But Lord, help us to work towards achieving progress each and every day. We know that we're not going to immediately wipe it out. We know that we're going to have struggles in this Christian life that we live. But we just pray that you would help us to work each and every day to achieve being better each and every day and hitting that mark, Lord. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.